introducing yourself. Sure. I'm Jacob Skull. Um, I uh, am a, let's say, biotechnologist by training. I have a PhD in protein engineering. Um, been studying at the University of Copenhagen um, and some studies abroad at the uh, University of North Carolina State uh, Engineering School. I've been working as a PhD uh, in the industry. So my PhD is an in, uh, industrial PhD within protein engineering for Novozymes. And ever since finishing that degree, um, I uh, jumped into industry and I've worked with Novozymes uh, for now seven, eight years. Uh, first as a specialist uh, within bioenergy, um, a segment that uses a lot of very exciting biosolutions, enzymes and microbes. And then about three, four years ago, I jumped into a full commercial role where I am now uh, heading the team here in Europe um, within bioenergy, uh, selling, uh, let's say, our value uh, products for biorefineries across Europe um, and uh, sitting here in Lundby at our innovation campus at Novozymes uh, with a team of about uh, six to eight uh, people. And uh, I've been, uh, two years ago, I ventured into my MBA, uh, where I went to DTU for an MBA, executive MBA, and finished that uh, last June. Yes. Let's talk about the decision to go for an MBA. How long did it take you to decide? Well, after talking to you, it took me 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> So, and that's the that's the truth. And then there was a I, uh, <laughs> your partner. Yeah, no, she was in the kitchen. Outside. My wife was in the kitchen, which I, I went, learned afterwards. No, I went into the bedroom. That was the only place I could find assignments. And uh, I had a Teams call with you scheduled for thirty minutes, which turned into ninety minutes, Stefan. And thanks for that. And I went out and I said, "Okay, yeah, I know what I'm going to do after summer now, honey." Um, and I looked her, am I allowed to do that? I looked her in the eyes and she said, you have to do that. And then I did it. So, so it I was had also a support. family decision. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, Dida was pregnant with our second son. And he, would, he was due on the late July, which turned, which turned into uh, 5th of August. So she was actually um, uh, highly pregnant. When we went in, in for that interview with you and, and Matt, she was waiting in the parking lot to be driven to the hospital should the water break. So, a lot of support. I had the best of support to do that in that time of my life. And I did it to your question of why. Mm -hmm. I, I thought it was this natural element um, to add on to my career, to have... A, a, a nice solid toolbox but also a great network of, of people within various businesses at that level um, for becoming what I would like to become um, so yeah. the time has come for me to ask you a question that uh, you whispered into my ear when I was preparing for that interview with the chairman of uh, Google, John uh, Hennessy. Uh, yeah. 
And that question was? Yeah, what, what elements throughout your career have made you a better leader or the leader that you are today? Was that not, not that was the key question. moments? Yeah, what exactly. were the key moments? And here you can answer now. And the key elements here, and I'm not going to pa- try to paraphrase uh, John Hennessy, that would be mean and also out of place. Um, I think that that um, um, the the feedback has been absolutely crucial for being where I am and the reflections made to, along the way. Um, feedback from feedback from my peers mm-hmm. so the, the ones that I have a day to day with the ones that know me at least they think they know me but the ones that, that I work with that, that this feedback is, is regular, it's transparent, it's clear um, something that you feed off of and you develop from so for me um, that those are key elements on the path to becoming a better leader I think if we are to talk about um, just being passionate about what you do um, without having fun, um, you're going to grow stale very quickly. So finding out ways and and, and areas where you can unlock the passion, um, whether that's with a person, whether that's with a project, whether that's with a customer even um, find your passion drivers and build on them and work on the things you find that you, you, know, that you feel are passionate that, that, that you feel you have a passion for and also the ones that are, are filled with a, a deeper sense of purpose uh, which connects to that um, uh, passion to some degree uh, I, I, I think I I, I, I've learned that coming back to, to feedback that saying things as they are is a great value being able to say no um, but also being able to say things as they are and raise them uh, um, in the company um, and don't just wait until the tide has sort of calmed um, so precisely on that feedback, how do you ensure you invite that very direct feedback? I think a lot of it has to do with the way you portray yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how much do you accommodate of others coming to you? Uh, how much is that reflected in your own way of being? So um, if you are ensuring psychological safety, if you are trusting your peers, then they will trust you they will come to you so i think what i've learned a lot um, especially during this mba as well during the leadership course uh, and module that spans across the two years is working with psychological safety is practicing and hands-on and settings where you 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 strengthen the psychological safety among the peers among the team members and that could be 360 feedback um, and it could be um, taking use of a, a really simple um, uh, case example of something I learned during the MBA is uh, simply calling somebody up personally after a meeting once if you see or observe something in the meeting 
uh, be quick to follow up and ask what's going on is there something we should talk about if you see that that person is not opening up to you uh, in the meeting so i guess it's being observant it's following up with feedback it's creating psychological safety it's listening to the ones you talk to and, and discuss with both the ones that you agree with and also the ones yeah. that you don't. Just to go talk about biotech where you are today, yeah. what, what challenges are most interesting to you moving forward? You know, maybe five years yeah. down the road? I mean, it's a great question. So what are the megatrends? Uh, a lot of them have to do with areas where biology can help. And that's the most exciting, that's an ex such an exciting thing to think about is climate change, um, our energy, um, let's say crises, our ambition to minimize the use of anything fossil, um, switch over to sustainable chemicals or sustainable biochemicals. Um, we have water that needs to be purified um, and available. We have all these global trends where bio, bio, biology can play a role. And you can say, you, you can almost address any area of industry. And I would be able to tell you that there is a biological play. Yeah. And to be able to say that is quite amazing. So um, it's becoming more important. Biology is becoming, you know, just like we talk is. about digital technologies, yeah. invading or software in the world. Yes. You're saying biology is also seeping into... 21st century. This is the technology. Um, um, you could argue, right? Jacob. Yes. What a story. Uh, you, you are so ambitious, you are so energized, passionate, and you use some very beautiful words about um, driven by the opportunity to impact with a purpose. Hmm what to do for the world. Uh, maybe you don't even remember you said those words, but they came out of your mouth. Mm. It's really passion. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So then I became devil's advocate. That's not nice, but I became curious. When are you bored? Systems can bore me. Um, what do you mean by systems? Rigid systems. Now, I, rigid think, systems. I, think, I think something that when you just asked the question, the first thing I, that came to mind is demand planning. I mean, in, in the world where I work, we do demand planning and we have to ensure that, let's say, our commercial quotes are in place and all systems are, let's say, um, uh, up to speed with, let's say, uh, the forecast, what we expect to, to sell. Right. company needs to balance between stability and innovative yes. thinking. And yes. Yeah. yes. How do you deal with that from a leader perspective when you think about your, the, the people who refer to you? Yeah, it's a great question. So the way we work in my team now is this teal way of working where it's self-driven and we are trying to have decisions made closer to the front line in the field uh, rather than top down and when you work as that type of dot or bubble 
a team inside of a bigger organization, it becomes complex and it becomes a struggle, a challenge, I should say, to align and create a good resonance between the dot, the team that's trying to do things self-driven, and then the world where things are more hierarchy-based, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And where processes are, let's say, established, mm -hmm. and there are certain set ways of doing things, blah, blah, blah. Um, that, that becomes a, let's say, a coordination challenge and a communication challenge to ensure that we're all well aligned and allowed to do what we're trying to do in this, let's say, sphere that we are inside of a large organization. Coordination and communication yeah. challenge. Yeah. Personally, what do you? What is the easiest part for you, being the leader you are, and what is the most difficult part along that line? If we start with the positives, the great thing about working like this is that you get people excited about going to work because they know the decision and the accountability lies with them. It's something that they have to get used to, right? It's a responsibility, maybe a, some would call it a burden, but it's something that you are now more accountable for good or bad, for taking the decision. Um, it's not somebody uh, further up that's doing that for you. Um, and I really like that. I like that way. Of working, um, and daring to, to to let go of daring control. to let go of control exactly yes. that control element, the command and control element, yeah. walking away from that, and working on I think it's called collective intelligence, right, mm -hmm. and team-based decisions, right, uh, uh, rather than thinking that let's say uh, one person uh, decision is better than a decision made further out uh, closer to the front line and within the team. So that goes to what I'm challenged with, right? Um, I think the challenge is, uh, and what I I find difficult, is the, the finding that balance where you don't feel that somebody just um, uh, trumped uh, you could say the team's direction or decision, and all of a sudden these initiatives from the top come down, spilling down to you and your desk and agenda, and you have to do them. That 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 uh, uh, balance has been and is difficult. <laughs> Moving from the doer seat to the mental seat. Uh, that's you. You when you see the need uh, for a change in mentality. Yeah. You go. You can, and you can even support others in doing the same transition. Is that rightly understood? Yeah. Um, I think I'm. I've always been a very good learner. Yeah, exactly. And also a disseminator, or whatever it's called in English, uh, disseminating your knowledge. So being able to articulate your learnings um, speaking up speaking up uh, and presenting and making sure that that uh, let's say learnings they stick uh, and so creating when I, followership I, around the learning I think it has uh, that type of side effect um, 
So at least some of the feedback I've received has been, why don't you become a professor, Jacob? Um, somebody who just stands in front of a crowd and, 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 and teaches. Um, and um, I guess it has uh, to do with not only being able to understand and pass along the message, the technical uh, mm -hmm. message, mm -hmm. Um, or whatever message it is, but also doing it in a way where people feel engaged and um, motivated by uh, whatever is being thrown at them. Yeah. So that's what has been really key for me to become more of a mentor or more of a uh, less of a less of a specialist and more. Of a question probably you could figure out a good advice for a young person who would like to create a leadership career yeah and, and, and my advice for anybody who wants to do leadership is to jump out there and take it don't wait don't think that a degree will make you a leader it can help you with some good tools with experience with network with knowledge but your experience comes from doing so take the leap take the leap, take the leap. Yeah. and that goes for anybody at, in all ages take the leap uh, because through that you'll learn so much about yourself about what you want to lead within and maybe you'll figure out that that's not the area that you want to be in so I think doing it and um, Talking into now entrepreneurship, right, and, mm -hmm. and startups, mm -hmm. I really have a warm uh, hotspot for that, or let's say a, a heart for startups. You can get so much from doing it. And if you are a young, um, ambitious uh, student or a young individual that think of leadership, well, then try it out. Be a daredevil. Start, start your own company. And it start. doesn't need to be grand. doesn't mm -hmm. need to be the reinvention of the... Of the of the of the, uh, of the circular <laughs> wheel, but something that you feel you have a passion for, and test it out for one or two years and see where you are. And I'll sure I'll guarantee you that by the end of those two years, you'll be a, a, a much more grown leader than than you ever thought you would have been. notice about Jacob I saw a person with very uh, value-driven person true to his own basic values about uh, dealing with relationships creating results via good relationships being a role model uh, taking the responsibility of building others' capacity, not being the one who wants to be in the center, but being the one who supports, supporting other people, and this, the, the group, and the group dynamic to create the result. I thought that was a very strong impression of his leadership approach. 
um, when I listened to him. And I also guess that if he was not in a system where that was possible, if he was asked to be very top-down and very tough in his demanding of what should be done next, he wouldn't be thriving. He wouldn't use his full uh, talent and potential as a, as a leader with a big L. Um, and uh, he is... He left his specialist role to focus on how to engage in creating results. And I think it's the interesting thing is he's not only relational, he's also totally result-oriented, but he accepts that it has a longer perspective. He, he, li he likes to create here now, he wants to see things to happen, but he also knows it doesn't happen uh, in this moment. And probably I get the sense that maybe that's also why relationships are very important uh, because that's part of what motivates him. Mm -hmm. I wonder when he doesn't when he doesn't feel psychologically sick. That's the thing that's when he's pressed on his values, don't you think, Stefan? He 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 has he has to have a sense of being supported in uh, prioritizing good relationships, mm -hmm. prioritizing trusting in the um, that what he's doing is meaningful and relevant and uh, worth working hard for. He, he even mentioned that if the meaning is strong enough, it's not about being paid the big money, it's the bigger uh, picture and the meaning mm -hmm. that drives him. And uh, I guess he can bring that forward to people around him because he's very articulate, but also trustworthy. One that struck me was a growth mindset because mm -hmm. there's a psychological safety and there's a growth mindset. Mm -hmm. And for me, he's talk he talked about being a learner, the importance of feedback, having those reflective sessions, uh, believing people can stretch, that everybody is a leader, uh, um, and combining that also with diversity. And to me, all of that speaks to a growth mindset, to really believe people can flourish himself, of course, as well. Mm. Uh, but, but, and, and that, of, of course, goes hand in hand with what you are saying about being so relational. Mm. Mm, definitely. The, the pitfall, you, when, when, when we look at him, he's elegant, polite, he has the words in his power, articulate, clear-minded, value-driven, um, maybe a pitfall could be that people and he himself forget that he, he cannot do it all by himself. Uh, does he sometimes forget to, to be aware of his own needs and his own limits? Because it might be a bit difficult to discover when he needs support. So does he remember to reach out when it's time, when it's due time. 